Welcome to the Bruins Success Podcast. For today's episode, we speak with 2006 graduate Rod A. Ponce. He is Senior Account Executive with First Republic Bank. After graduating in 2006 with a BA in History, he started his career in financial services as a financial advisor with John Hancock. In 2009, he left the financial advising business to become a licensed personal financial representative for Washington Mutual Bank, where he began to focus primarily on residential and small business lending. When Washington Mutual was acquired by Chase Bank, Rod moved into a supervisory role and was involved in opening a brand new office in West Los Angeles. In 2012, Rod accepted an offer as an assistant vice president with the Bank of the West, BNP Paribus Group, where he developed a niche in standalone home equity lines of credit and was a consistent circle of excellence qualifier for several years standing. He joined First Republic Bank in 2019 and currently focuses on financing for professional service firms and their individual partners. From 2011 to 2017, Rod was involved with Toastmasters International as an area director, where he acted as an advisor to several clubs throughout the Los Angeles area. With regard to UCLA involvement, he currently sits on the board of the Silicon Beach Bruins Regional Network as their professional development chair. He founded the Bruin Professionals chapter in Silicon Beach, and he is the current president for the overarching Bruin Professionals organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Bruin Success Podcast. I'm here today with Rod Ponce, and we're excited to learn a little bit more about your career and trajectory. Great. Thanks for having me. Well, let's jump right in. Um, let's talk about how you originally were studying history at UCLA. You've now developed a career in banking. How did we get from point A to point B? What was your time at UCLA like? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Carolyn. So, I mean, um, my my career trajectory took a lot of twists and turns for sure. Um, I started at UCLA in 2002. Um, and I, like a lot of, you know, a lot of students, I came in pre-med. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. This is going to be great. Um, until I took that one chemistry class, which I think they call the kind of the weeder out course and got the only C minus I ever got in my life. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not going to be a doctor. So I said, okay, the next logical step is I'm going to be an attorney. So I told my parents, I'm going to switch course. I'm going to go do that. I, I interned at a law office. I took some undergraduate law courses. And, um, and I remember talking to my guidance counselor and he gave me some pretty good, um, some pretty good advice. He said, Hey, you know, there's in choosing a major, there's, there's only a few majors, a handful of majors that actually prepare you for what you're exactly going to do in life. And he said, choose something that you, you like, choose something that you have an interest in and choose something that you're going to excel in. And for me, that was always history throughout, throughout my life. I love history, love reading about it. Um, and, and so that's what I did. I changed, you know, I, I, I kept my history major, just kept doing that. I, I, like I said, I took some kind of undergraduate law courses and took that path until about six months before I graduated. And then I, I broke my parents' heart again and say, Hey mom, dad, I don't want to be an attorney anymore. Just, just not me. It doesn't really seem to fit. So they said, you know, luckily my parents are super cool. They, um, they said, we'll support you in whatever you want to do. Um, so I said, well, I'm going to look at some other things. So at that time, I um, happened to attend a career seminar at UCLA Career Center right there on um, on Westwood and Strathmore, I think is, oh, nice. is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. And they, they were highlighting financial planning and they had a firm go in there and talk to a bunch of people about financial planning and what looks good on a resume. And so I did that and said, hey, I think I think I could do this. So 
Um, I ended up liking that. I applied for a lot of different financial planning type positions. Um, and and uh, I ended up getting a junior broker job for a small firm in Orange County. So I did that actually for a few years right after I graduated in 06 up until about 2008, 2009, which is a great time in the market until it pretty much wasn't a great time with yeah. the, uh, the 2008-9 crash. So, I mean, um, you know, I was like, this is, isn't sustainable. So, I, you know, I remember back when I was a senior in, at UCLA and I, I was working actually as a teller at a bank at the time, just, you know, just because a $9 an hour job was better than my UCLA textbook store job at seven bucks an hour. Um, <laughs> so it, it was really, it was really just there to, to, uh, to give me a slight pay increase. But I said, well, maybe let's see what other jobs there are in finance. So kind of took the banking route, interviewed with some banks and I became um, what we call a licensed banker, where I was able to kind of do some financial planning type stuff, but really got more exposed to lending, right? So doing loans on the residential and personal side and even small business lending, kind of um, worked my way up the ranks, uh, you know, in banking, um, you know, and, you know, with a few different banks. Um, in 2012, I ended up um, discovering a really cool UCLA group called UCLA Bruin Professionals, which I had never even heard about. Um, and it was just, it was this group of, of professionals like myself in various industries that all got together in a forum to really exchange commerce and business referrals and ideas and advice. And it was, it was very cool. I, I got some really good traction after just being a, you know, a member for a really short time. And that really took me from becoming a, a good banker at my firm to being like one of the top bankers at my company. Um, so super proud of that. And, and ultimately, you know, I ended up joining um, First Republic where I'm at now about three years ago. Um, and, you know, all that networking that I did through that group really catapulted me to my, my position today and, and kind of my experience where um, that, that experience took me to where, where I am today. So how did that so, yeah. group function? Like you said, it, it this, must have been a, a pretty serious um, or influential group. What what was that? What were they doing? How did they, you know, what, were they getting together weekly? What was the topics? What did that look like? I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah. So so Broom Professionals is, is still around. It's in fact, I'm actually the president of the entire organization now. Um, so kind of work my way up the ranks. Um, but it's it's all focused on trying to put Bruins in touch professionally. We've got a lot of UCLA alumni groups that are really focus on the social aspect and happy hours. We do that, but we were also more so even, um, you know, um, concerned with, hey, how do we put people in touch and share Rolodexes if those even exist anymore? Um, and and what happened with me is, I, I'll be honest, I kind of came into the group looking for referrals, right? Looking for business. And um, I, I did get some good traction. And over time, I realized um, Broom Professionals or BP, we call it, it really became more of a, a forum and resource for me to refer my own clients to um, over time or even family members and, and even myself and, and friends. So um, it's become even more, more important that way as, as a resource, as opposed to just trying to get business from it. Um, just try, also a place to refer my own, my own Rolodex to. Oh, I love that. I love how it sort of turned into this, you know, very, um, helpful career building um, sort of strategic group that you just sort of came upon and full circle. Now you're, you know, the, your role as the president. So any other plug that you want to put in for that? How, how do people get involved? Yeah, perfect. I mean, you can always check out our website, broomprofessionals.com. Um, but we have meetings all, all the time, all over town. I mean, 
we're in the pandemic now, so everything's on Zoom. Um, you know, so you can literally go to a meeting in, in, you know, in the Valley and be back in your seat for another meeting in Orange County within the same day. Um, but before we actually used to drive to these things, we'd, we'd go to <laughs> physical meetings. Um, we, you know, back in the good old day, we'd actually have lunch together, you know, in smaller, smaller groups, um, good old fashioned networking, but it's great. It's, it's one of the best things I've done in my professional career is being part of that group. Awesome. I love the continued connection to UCLA. That's that's always nice to hear. What else were you involved in at UCLA as an undergraduate student? Oh, gosh. As an undergrad, I was part of a student welfare commission as a small committee um, there. It was it was like a more like a health, nutrition and fitness thing. Back then, I was a lot more fit than I am now. Um, but yeah, I really focused on doing that. We put it on an annual um, kind of big event where we um, it's it kind of like a big festival, which was kind of cool um, that we did for that group. Um, what other things? Other than that, I mean, just standard going to football games and basketball games, the standard UCLA stuff. Nice, nice. So well, then what inspired you in your career to, to switch to banking? You, know, you said you, there was that event that you had attended through the Career Center. But, you know, in that moment, did you make a decision to pursue this or or what was it that that has caused you to feel like, you know what, I, I like this role or I've liked these opportunities that I've had. I'm really going to build my career here because, you know, lots of folks early career, they have these different jobs. They might try something out, decide they don't like it um, and pivot into an entirely different industry. But you have you know really stayed in a very specific like linear path. And so many folks I talk to have these very much like, you know, winding paths and one isn't better than the other, obviously they're just different, but I'd love to hear about, um, you know, your, your decision-making that, um, you know, has led you to, to build a very, you know, specific career and what that's looked like for you, as opposed to, you know, peers that have taken those twists and turns. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, so it's, it, it's interesting. Um, when I was, con- when I told my parents I didn't want to be an attorney anymore, I was contemplating two things, actually. You know, I was with my history degree, I was like, maybe I should teach. Maybe I'll go into teaching. So I really heavily considered the, the master's in teaching program at, um, at UCLA. Um, but funny thing is, I missed the, like the date for the CBES, CSET exams by like a month. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I guess I'm gonna have to put that idea on hold. Um, really like that. And I, 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 education drew me because I, I was like, I really feel like I, I, I want to impart my own wisdom on, on people and help people. That's, that's what I really want to do. Um, you know, so I said, but I missed that, so I can't really do that. But when the financial advising thing came up, which I guess is kind of a, a subset of banking or finance, if you will, right? It's a different mm-hmm. side of things. Um, that, I, 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 I like that career seminar because it, it showed me, hey, I, can, I have the chance to be able to educate people about finances and help them in a different way than maybe teaching teaching could. Um, so that's kind of how I, I stuck there. Um, and then yeah, I guess now on the lending front, as opposed to more the investment side of things, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still having a lot of conversations with clients about their finances and trying to educate them on on the best financial moves they can make, at least from a, from a lending standpoint. I assume that must feel like, you know, probably a very rewarding role as, as you're helping people sort of expand uh, the possibility in their life if, if you're specifically working with lending. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, it's a huge factor in in a, you know the financial profile of, of anybody, right? It's you know getting through your home, 
you know, those types of things. If you're a business owner, getting that small business loan to expand your practice, there's, there's a lot of, there's really a lot of importance in that. So, okay. Given this is, this has been your, um, your niche, your, your specific area, what does that look like on a daily basis? We try to give folks insight into, you know, what a day in the life is like for careers that, you know, we, we hear about this, this role or this job, but, you know, many of us don't have that insight into what folks actually do day in and day out. Yeah. Yeah. So I am a senior account executive at First Republic. That's what I, um, that's my title, um, which is basically a fancy name for, for a loan officer. So my, my job is that I really primarily work with um, professional service firms um, and their partners for both business financing on the firm end as well as um, personal financing for the individual partners themselves. So um, good fits are like think attorneys and medical practices and CPAs and business managers. That's kind of our sweet spot. Um, with regard to my day-to-day, um, honestly, the bulk of my day is, is client calls. Um, it's, it's really just um, being introduced to clients, trying to get an idea and sense of what their needs are, right? What financing needs they have and seeing if I could um, come up with appropriate solutions to help them get to their goals um, in the best possible way. So calls are, I, I'm on the phone like all day long or Zoom calls all pretty much all day long. The other part of my day is, is um, what we call underwriting. So for in the financial world, what that means is essentially, you know, if somebody applies for a loan, um, reviewing their financials and and their file to make sure that it's a good fit and they qualify for the loan and it's a good risk for the bank to take, right? If we're gonna lend you a bunch of money, uh, we wanna make sure that you qualify for it. You can pay us back essentially is kind of what it comes down to. So that's the other side of my job is really diving into um, the nuts and bolts of kind of the, um, you know, their financial pictures and seeing if they're a good fit uh, for a bank and for to get qualified for the loan. Have these past years of the pandemic caused changes in the industry or, or how you all operate? Yeah, um, honestly, it's gotten busier. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever been busy in my you know 15 plus years in finance. I don't think I've ever been busier, which is which is great. And, and I'm super thankful for that. Um, but I, I feel like switching over to the remote environment has really sped things up because, you know, I remember, you know, back pre-pandemic, I'd, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do like three meetings today. I'm going to have a meeting in the morning, a meeting for lunch, and then a meeting in the afternoon. And travel time existed. Now, um, with the Zoom world, it's like you can be, you can have eight back-to-back meetings with literally little to, to no transition time, oh which is, gosh. which is a, yeah, which is ultra efficient, right? Which is ultra efficient, but at the same time, sometimes it can be, it can be a lot. So I, I've had to learn to adjust my schedules. I had to learn to block out time to. To, to transition really, um, to, to just take a breather, you know, have a meal, you know, take lunch. There, there was a point during the very start of the pandemic where I literally wasn't even eating lunch. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just worked eight hours. So it, it, it taught me a little bit more time management dealing with the Zoom world um, because it's gotten so busy where, um, you know, you're so easily accessible and face-to-face meetings can happen so easily. Um, but now I think I'm a lot better with that. Yeah, you, you've got to make time for lunch. That's that's a priority. <laughs> for sure, well, for sure. So given what, you know, you've been building up this career, where, where do you see your next steps headed in the future? Yeah, um, so future for me, I, you know, I, I hope to, you know, take what I've learned and, 
and you know kind of build and expand a team hopefully i can i can you know kind of along the lines of what i had originally thought in, in educating people right maybe i can not just be kind of a, a, a lone ranger and and doing loans maybe i can build a team and train other people underneath me i think that would that would give me a lot of satisfaction um i already have uh, one associate on on my team now who is like literally my right hand guy he he does a lot of the heavy lifting for some of my, the, the underwriting that we do but it'd be nice to maybe we can expand that. Um, I'd love to manage and, and build a larger team at some point in the future. What makes someone good at this role? Are there particular skills that you know you would point to um, for yourself or or you know for your associate that makes someone successful in this position? Yeah, I, honestly, it's you know it's funny with I, I was never I never had a finance background, right? I I was a history major. In, in college has nothing to do with finance. Um, but I think we're just looking for, for just good people in general. You know, I think anybody can, anyone that's a smart person who's well-rounded enough is good at talking with people, but has a, has a decent enough knowledge of how to crunch numbers, um, you know, and, and can be trained and taught, I think can do well at the position, right? I, I don't think, you know, we don't always hire finance people all the time, but we want good quality people that, um, that are um, ambitious, uh, you know, want to want to see a job done through through to the end, and and can you know, and self starters that are that are ultra motivated to to grow in their careers. So, as folks consider different paths, you know, would would you describe this as specifically banking? You you've mentioned finance a couple of times. What are some of the adjacent careers that exist in this world? Yeah, there's there's so many. Finance is, is is so large. I mean, so right now I'm in lending, and there's so many different types of lending. There's business lending. There's there's residential lending, right? There's commercial lending, you know, in real estate. Um, that's just the lending side. On the other side of the balance sheet, there's there's the investment side, which I I used to do. So there's financial planning. There's in you know um, consulting. There's there's so many different things. There's private equity. There's doing stuff with stocks and and bonds. Um, the the positions are endless. And even within a bank itself, um, you know, some of the large institutions and, and even some of the medium-sized institutions, there's even other career paths that aren't in those kind of major, major verticals. I mean, there's, there's operations and there's, and there's other things behind the scenes that make a bank operate that, you know, marketing that, um, that anyone can, can plug into. Um, it just depends on which, uh, which route they're, will, they're willing to, to go in or explore. Is this the the type of career or world where it's important to obtain a graduate degree or an MBA? Not necessarily. I I um I just have my undergraduate degree from UCLA. I've I've thought a lot about trying to maybe go back to Anderson to get my MBA, but in in my position, at least in sales, which is what this truly is, it's it's not necessary. Um, you know, somebody could be just as successful as long as they're um they're doing the right things and and uh and uh and just getting at it. Okay, well, you just mentioned sales, and, and I've got to touch on this because it's a conversation I've had with folks in my own career for years, you know, that a lot of people hear sales and they get very nervous. You know, they're they're imagining, um, you know, an image of like a door-to-door knife or vacuum salesman, and that's really just not what sales is anymore. I mean, my position is that sales exists truly in, in really every industry because you're you're either selling a service, you're selling yourself, you're selling an idea that everybody would benefit from having a skill set in sales. Uh, could you speak more to how that plays into, you know, your role, but also you know, what you've seen in the banking and finance world? 
Yeah, that that that's interesting. Um, I I think I think everybody everybody's in sales, honestly. I mean, it's it's whether you're you're working in development, right, to ask for for donations. That's sales, right? If you're if you're a physician and you're you're presenting, um, you know, a solution, a couple of different solutions to a to a patient on how they should proceed with treatment, that's a sale right there, right? It's it, it's persuading somebody to do something that that makes sense and is to their benefit. And most times, um, it's not not so much the sneaky, like you said, door to door knocking on. I I couldn't do that myself. Um, I there was a point in my career where I was dialing a hundred people a day to try to try to get a meeting but those days i think have come and gone um i think for me as it applies to our our field it's more so about trying to identify needs that clients have um and and trying to find appropriate solutions for them to help them in, in whatever their goals are um i think that's really what it is people don't we don't sell things to people anymore it's it's we we recommend solutions and and provide recommendations and it's 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 them that buy it. They're not sold it. Gotcha. So that seems like a better way to think about it then rather than you're selling something. It's just here are the recommendations. And, you know, do you have advice for for people who, you know, even if they're not going into finance or banking, you know, how do they increase their skill set in in being able to have a conversation that's strategic and savvy to uh, be able to present potential clients in any industry with options, but also, you know, trying to I don't want to say um, like sway them, but obviously we we all in our jobs have a goal that we're trying to reach with you know different constituent groups. So you know, is there is there a particular skill set that people might want to grow, increase, or, or hone up to be able to do work like that? Absolutely, I, I think in in general communication, um, one kind of non UCLA activity or group that I was involved in for many years was Toastmasters. I'm not sure if you've heard of Toastmasters, but it's it's a group that's purely devoted to um, teaching people how to improve their public speaking skills, right? It's one of the biggest top fears, right? Google top five fears for people and public speaking is usually like at the top of the list or very, or very close to it. Um, so I was involved in that group. And I'll, I'll be honest, when I started that um, many years ago, I was definitely kind of a shy guy. I grew up a shy, very shy, introverted person. And I remember showing up to the very first Toastmasters meeting and I sat in my car the entire time because I was afraid to go in and, and speak to in front of people. Um, but my girlfriend at the time, now now wife, she, she encouraged me to go in there. So the next week I went in and attended a meeting and I ended up you know, rising up the ranks there. I became the president of that club. I ended up becoming like an area director to, to kind of consult with other clubs. But it was one of the best things I had because Public speaking is really a being comfortable with public speaking is really a result of confidence, right? Which is which everybody, you know, there's two things to it. There's speech craft, there's communication, how you present yourself and sell yourself, if you will. But there's also the confidence component, actually getting in front of there, right? The butterfly flies in your stomach and having the confidence to actually get up there and not not be shaky or or, or um, you know, have the nerves kind of taking taking over. Um, that was that was hugely important in my career track. Um, doing Toastmasters. So I definitely recommend it for anyone that's that's scared of public speaking to do it. It'll help them get over that fear a little bit. Good advice for sure across many industries. So this wouldn't be the Bruin Success Podcast if I didn't ask you about your definition and the way that you've defined success in your own life. So success for me um, is going to work every day and, and looking forward to it. I, I've definitely been in positions where, um, you know, 
I simply, it was a struggle for me to go to work because I simply just didn't enjoy it, to be honest. Um, luckily, I'm in a place now where I, I love it. I love the people I work with. I, I love I love the job. It's 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 great. I think that's success. I, in addition, I I think there's there's a monetary component to it, of course, right? Um, success means not having to check your bank account every time you you buy a meal or, or purchase something. Um, yeah. That that's that's always. I remember being a poor college student, right? We we all were. Where I was like, do I even have enough money to put in my gas tank right now? That's I I've been there. Um, you know, thankfully, I'm blessed to say that I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, Success also, also, I think, is, is work-life balance. Um, you know, we all work so hard, especially in the, the Zoom world. It's even harder now. I, I found myself in situations where I'm just like, man, am I am I working to live or am I kind of living to work right now? You know, and, and I think I think it's important to find that balance. So to make sure you have a personal life outside of the office and or the office, right? I'm holding up quotations for the podcast. Um, the to have a, a life outside of just work. Right, so you have time to recover, because um, again, you're you're there, you know, you're you're working to to live, not not living to work. Um, and and lastly, I think success is, you know, it's as cliche as it sounds, it's it's finding happiness, right? It's, um, you know, you get to a point where you realize you're making good money, and you know, making even more money won't make you any happier. You know, I hope everybody gets to feel that at some point, where it's like, wow, if even if I made you know, $500,000 more a year, it's not really going to make me any happier, right? That you, you can't buy experiences, you can't buy friends, you can't buy love. Um, I think that's a huge part of it as well. So, and, and that comes back to the work-life balance thing. It's just, you got to, you got to make yourself happy. You got to keep yourself happy. Yeah. Wise words. It's always a good reminder because they're, there are some things we can control and there's some that we can't, but we've, we've got to be happy and enjoy what we do have in the moment and engage our, our overall happiness from what we have and not what we don't have. So, okay. Moving into rapid fire, fun questions, a little less serious. Uh (laughs) What is a favorite place on campus? Favorite place on campus. Um, Gosh, it's been so long since I've been on campus, but Kirkhoff steps. Uh, A lot of friends and I used to hang off on the Kirkhoff steps right there on Brunelock watch watch the day go by, watch people walk by. It was just people watch and observe. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Still a beautiful spot. Um, what have you been reading, watching, listening to lately? Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> watching. I definitely do a lot of uh, Netflix and uh, binge streaming with my wife. Um, I just finished Ozark or actually, well, Ozark's still going, but I finished the the final part one of Ozark season yeah. four. That is an awesome show. <laughs> yeah, if you can stomach it, great, great show. Um, my wife, um, she makes me watch The Marvelous Ms. Maisel, which is an awesome show, but I'm, I'll never admit that to any of my friends. Um, but it is a great show. Don't let them listen to this podcast episode then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Music. Um, I like all kinds of music. I, I listen to EDM. I listen to, to hip hop and, and R&B. Um, current playlist has got anything from Heat Waves by Glass Animals to The Lumineers, who I love, um, Dan and Shay, who my wife introduced me to, Usher, all the good, good old fashioned uh, R&B stuff. Love it. That's a good list. And then to, to wrap us up, what is a favorite UCLA memory? 
Favorite UCLA memory definitely was beating SC 13 to nine that one year, 2006, I believe it was. Um, I think we prevented them from playing in the championship game because of that, but it was fun. I mean, all my friends were there. We all tailgated. Um, I have a lot of friends from SC. So it was, this, it's always this big rivalry every single year. And um, that was awesome to kind of, you know, break their streak in a really, really good way. Uh, it's just so memorable. Yeah, absolutely. The The competition is is always high and a fun time, especially when UCLA wins and comes out on top. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Definitely. thank you so much for speaking with us and, and being our guest today. I, I know you'll you have provided insight into another industry that we haven't previously talked about in a while on the podcast. So we thank you so much for your advice and your time. Um, and thank you for, you know, staying involved at UCLA with the Bruin professionals. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks to Rod for his interview with Carolyn. If you're interested in learning more about the Bruin professionals organization, check out their website, www.bruinprofessionals.com. And if you're interested in joining a regional network in your area, look, uh, look up where they could be at alumni.ucla.edu to search for your, your closest regional network and get involved today. For this episode's career tip, we have one from Manoff Mancher, class of 20, uh, 2009. Manoff shares, it's equally important to begin a job on a positive note as it is to end a job on a positive note. It can be difficult in some circumstances, but it challenges us to reflect on what we accomplished, what we can change in the future, and chart a path for where we are headed. Thanks, Manoff, for that thoughtful piece of advice. Being in the great resignation, many Bruins are considering uh, to leave their current job and exiting as we speak. So this tip is timely. If you have a career tip of your own, email it to us at acee at support.ucla.edu. And if you send us a voice memo, we can feature you on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening and go Bruins.